Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, where we are just focused on pretty much one thing getting the promises of God into the people of God where they belong so you can really live believing because what God has promised you is the truest thing there is, baby, and I don't want you to miss it for the world. Okay, today I'm going to be talking about, um, well, about a book. Imagine that, a bookaholic talking about a book. Who would have ever guessed? Who'd have thunk it? This book is a new devotional that came out uh, the very first of September. It's called Prevail by Susie Larson. And if you know me, you probably know I really enjoy Susie Larson's books. Her little daily blessings that she posts on social media are very encouraging. Um, I'm all about just give me a verse and let me just grab hold of the promise in that verse. Obviously, the whole point of the Bert Not Ernie show is that exact thing. And um, her her longer books, her chapter books are also fantastic. They uh, they kind of meet me where I am. I've had some, well, health issues and things that kind of parallel some of her life experiences. And that's always encouraging when a believer can sort of connect with or link arms with or find comfort from, with, from a, another believer who is maybe a little bit farther down the road on that particular path. And that is what she has been to me in so many ways. She's also an introvert, which uh, is me to a T. I mean, I could have the t-shirt that says it's too peopley outside and wear it every day. Like I really, I feel that that resonates with me. So uh, when she writes something that resonates in my heart, I just, uh, I take notes on it. I, I don't know. Anyway, you get where I'm going with this. So I'm a, obviously I'm a book person. I'm a note taker. I'm a word person and I'm an introvert and I have some health issues and I just love Jesus and I love the word of God and I love intercessory prayer. And her ministry is kind of about all of those things. So uh, this book prevail is a devotional. So it's 365, maybe 366 just daily readings. And basically she started in the book of Genesis and went through to Revelation looking for things that fit that theme of prevail. What does prevailing with the Lord look like? What does prevailing faith look like? Well, that that to me sounds an awful lot like believing God's promises and trusting the Lord to do what he said he's going to do um, and seeing examples of when that really happened in figures from the Bible and examples that maybe exemplify times when somebody didn't quite walk in total belief. So I'm going to just share from a few different days of um, Prevail in the book, and then I'll let you know how you can get it. Um, But I also want to share some things, of course, that are really encouraging about you believing God's promises for you right now where you're at. Okay, so this first one I'm going to share is kind of from the end of the book, toward the back of it. Okay, so 
Let me remove my glasses so I can read. You know, these aging eyes are a real thing. Okay, this is talking about Philemon. So Philemon 1.6, that verse says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. As she goes on to talk about when she was when she was in eighth grade, how she came to know the Lord. I'm not going to read all of this um, devotional, but uh, then talking about how she in college is when she really began to share about the Lord and about just Jesus's love for people with a couple of girls, um, I think probably in her dorm. Uh, she says, they were so filled with wide-eyed wonder. They grabbed other girls from their floor and brought them to me as well. The more I shared what I'd learned from God's word, the more my faith quickened within me. I felt my spirit come alive. The word effective in the passage here from Philemon 1.6, the word effective is where we get our word energy. Okay, so Paul prayed that Philemon would be increasingly activated and energized in his faith as he acknowledged the riches Christ had deposited within him. I eventually grew to understand that I was not only saved, I was loved and called and equipped and gifted. Did you know that's true for you? You're not just saved, you're loved, you're called, you're equipped, and you're you're gifted. You're grafted into the family of God. The more I learned, she goes on to say, the more I had to share with others. This is why it matters that we not only share our faith, but that we understand what we possess. The deeper your well, the more you'll have to draw from, and the more energized you'll be as you share with others. Consider all God has done in you and share accordingly. Okay, so the reason that I chose that devotional to share with you is because you know, really that focus on the word share. It's September. It's super cold here in Kansas, by the way. Hello, crazy. I have a brother who lives in Colorado in the Denver um, Lakewood area. And it was like 101 degrees record setting heat over the weekend. And then like two days later, he had six inches of snow. He sent me a picture. It was crazy. So um, yeah, why, where was I going with that? I don't know. Oh, because it's super cold here. Seasons are changing. Seasons are changing. We can just kind of sense the change on the horizon. And most of us are probably a little bit or a lot ready for some kind of change to take place. It's been quite the year. Um, I wanted to read this devotional with you because sharing, that word sharing, we're rolling into, we're getting closer to the end of the year, the holidays, and we think about sharing. November and December, we're just thinking about other people much more readily at the ready, right? So how often are you able to share what you've learned from God's word? Because really, what's more important that you could share with people? You pray for them, you encourage them, you share with them what you've learned from God's word. That's crazy important. But how often are you getting that opportunity? How often are you able to share what you've been learning from God's word? Like in your small group, hopefully, that's a great place to share. Now, here's a hint. If you are a chatty Kathy, maybe, um, make sure you settle down a little bit now and then and let some of the quieter members of the group share. I've learned some things through many, many, many years of small groups and and walking um, in different settings, like church small groups and then larger Bible study type things that were um, kind of for uh, non-denominational for all churches, like community Bible study and Bible study fellowship. Sometimes the person who's really quiet has so much to share. When they speak, it's profound. It's really, they're they're not the center of attention kind of people. They're maybe not comfortable, I should say. They're not always comfortable being the center of attention. But when they get ready to share, 
um, you know, you kind of want to, it's, have you ever met somebody like that where you're like, oh, they're going to say something. I can't wait to lean in and listen. It's going to be so good. And it usually is. They're also usually the people that they're going to get ready to lean in and share. And then, oh, uh oh, yeah, somebody else is going to talk. So I'm just going to be quiet and never say anything. And they don't always respond well if the group leader says, did you have something you wanted to share? They can kind of just shut down totally. So, um, if you are louder, be quiet a little bit in your small group setting so that maybe that other person will share something that could just bless your socks off. And if you're quiet, don't be afraid to share what you have to share, what you've learned from your time with the Lord, from your studying of God's word. It isn't just for you. It's for other people as well. So share it. Be blessed and encouraged. Somebody might just get exactly what they need. They may have prayed that morning for a certain kind of a thing from the Lord, and you might have the answer to that prayer just by what you share about what you've been learning from God's word. So, um, you know, we're called to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That is something we're called to do from the word of God. This is one really great way to do just that, that exact thing. Share in your small group and listen Listen, Linda, listen, listen when others are sharing. Really important to actually really listen, not just formulate a reply, not just space out, but really listen to what they're saying. You miss a lot by not really listening. And guess what? Ding, 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 ding. Satan wants you to miss a lot by not listening. So you want to do the opposite of what he wants, right? Okay, so small group, great place to share what you've been learning from God's word. Um, And... If, the, if your small group is more of a chit-chatty popularity type of a group, um, you know, pray about that. Pray about, can you be changed in that environment? Should you be changed in that environment? Are you looking more for a Bible study type group than just a social type group? Uh, you know, just really pray about that and ask the Lord what his will is in that. I've been in both, and sometimes you end up scratching your head and going, I really man, I just want to do Bible study and I don't know what's going on here, but I'm leaving here more discouraged than I was before because we're just, we're just gossiping. Basically pray about that. If you're in that situation, because God has, he doesn't want us on milk forever. He wants us to eat meat, to be on real food and to grow up in the Lord. So you might be the answer to that situation. And it might come by you being willing to share what God has been learned, what you've been learning from God's word, what God's been showing you. Because if you're studying God's word and you're spending time in prayer, you are learning. You're being changed. And again, like I said before, it isn't just for you. What God gives us is for us to generously give to others. God loves a generous giver. Yes, that's in regard to finances. He also loves for us to be generous with all the good gifts he's given us. He didn't gift us so that we can just keep it for ourselves. He wants us to be generous on all occasions. We have everything that we need for ministry. Um, I think that 2 Corinthians 9 might be 1 Corinthians chapter 9, but I think it's 2nd. He has given us what we need, so we need to use it for his glory. And that doesn't happen always if we just put a lid on it, right? So there are other things you can do, like, hey, you could start a podcast, give it a whirl. Is it a lot of work and a steep leaning cur- learning curve? Leaning curve? Yeah, leaning curve, because I was leaning on the Lord while I was in the middle of that learning curve. So that wasn't really a faux pas. I think that was accurate. Yes, but if God's calling you to it, just do it. Just do it on those days when you're like, I don't even think anybody is going to listen to this episode. Do it anyway, if that's what the Lord's calling you to do, right? Um, How else can you? Oh, snail mail. Write somebody an actual note and encourage them 
with some biblical, you know, a Bible verse or write out a prayer for them, what would it be like for you to open your mailbox today and in there is a handwritten note from somebody with a handwritten prayer that they prayed over you? Isn't that a lot more profound than just, yeah, I'll be praying for you. You get the prayer in the mail written down. That's super cool. Do it. Try that. You can text a friend with something that you've learned about God's word. And you know what? Eventually they'll start texting you back. That's amazing. They're going to learn something that you didn't know from their time in God's word. And this is iron sharpening iron. And that's what true friends do. They spur one another on toward loving good deeds. They say, get back in the fray. You got this, man. Don't give up the fight. Believe God for that thing. And and so on. You get what I'm saying. Social media, of course, totally share on social media. Totally share on social media. Um, If I'm, I got like, okay, this is hilarious. I'm like totally stuck. The dog is somehow tangled up in my headphone cord and um, I can't really move. So um, yeah, I'm going to be, you're going to hear a noise of me turning the paper over because I literally can't move because he's stuck on my headphones. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. And he's snoring. So you probably hear that too. All right. So if you've been encouraged by something from God's word, please, please, super duper, please share it. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to hear it. Okay. I'm going to slip to flip, slip, flip. I am full of word messing uppies today. So, okay. From the book of Habakkuk. Why did I pick all the the ones that have the hard names? Philemon or Philemon? I think it's Philemon. Habakkuk. I think that's how you say that one. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit from this one. So this is more in the middle of the book of devotionals because again, it just goes Genesis to Revelation. So Habakkuk is like um, that Old Testament kind of getting toward the end of the Old Testament, one of those really short books. So I'm not going to read all of this one. I'm just going to read some of this, this day's devotional from like day 212 is what it says. Um, The verse is Habakkuk 2.1 and it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. I love this verse. I always have because I think, oh my goodness, this is amazing. He's saying to God, I'm going up here. And I'm going to be watching for your answer. How are you going to answer my complaint? He's not even he's not even trying to like play pretty or play patty cake and say, I'm going to go pray. He's just saying, this is a complaint and I'm going to be watching for an answer. He expected an answer. It's amazing. It's always amazed me. I just, I love it. I love it. I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Not budging. I'm going to, I'm going to get some kind of an answer. I'm going to see what you would say to me in response to what I'm talking to you about, Lord. That's super cool. That's amazing. So, um, you know, some people have trouble praying like that because it sounds arrogant and proud, but I think Habakkuk um, was more humble. He was earnest. He was a humble man, but he was earnest. He just sought the Lord and he so much expected an answer. Uh, Susie Larson here in this devotional says, it's been said that there are two opposite responses to living in sinful times. Yeah, we live in 2020 on the planet Earth. There's sin around us. There just is. We either put our heads in the sand and entertain ourselves to death, or we shake our fists at the dark and blame God and everybody else for ruining our idea of what life should look like. But as this chapter says from Habakkuk 2, the righteous shall live by their faithfulness to God. That's profound. The righteous shall live by their faithfulness to God. It's almost like what keeps you going? What's the gas in your tank? What's the oxygen in your lungs? What keeps your heart beating? Well, for the righteous, it should be your faithfulness to God. No matter what, no matter what, you stay faithful to the Lord your God. Don't budge on that point. Habakkuk 
pursued God and positioned himself in such a way that he would not miss the Lord. He realized that he was appointed as one of the guardians of the kingdom, and he took his place at the guard post. There he waited and listened for how the Lord would address the wickedness and decay all around him. Habakkuk cared about righteousness, and he longed for revival. He never demanded an answer from God. It seems like it, right, when he says, and how he will, I'm going to wait to hear how he'll answer my complaint. But he wasn't so much demanding as appealing to the Lord for one. What if we all did the same? Okay, so this this devotional I wanted to share because think about how our world would change if we would all do the same. If we would say, I'm not going to be overcome with evil, the stresses in this current situation in my family or whatever whatever it might be, the, the problems in our economy, I could go on and on. I in, instead, I'm just going to keep taking it to the Lord and appealing to him. I want to hear what he'll say to me about this. And that note that Susie makes about him being a guardian of the kingdom. If you are a parent, you're a guardian of your family kingdom. Like if you are, um, if you, if you're in some type of ministry, you're to shepherd your flock. Well, uh, if you are, if you are a boss at your job, and I don't mean I'm a boss. I mean, like you are the boss, a manager, you have people in your care. If you're an employee, you have still been appointed to have responsibility to pray over your boss and the place where you work. If you are just a member of a church, you have a responsibility to pray for and bless all of the people in that church and to be um, interceding on behalf of the leadership because that ain't the easiest job in the world, I'll just tell you. Um, look, this is how we change the world. Our personal world, like where we live, the people we have contact with, like work or, you know, um, your social media, whatever people you know, but also the whole wide world at large. This is this is where it's at, folks. It's prayer, prayer. Are you willing to just lean in hard and say, Lord, you speak. I'm listening. If you're speaking, I'm listening. And he's willing to speak. I promise you that. Prayer is like, it's a mighty force and we would do well to utilize it. It's, it's, it's okay to use prayer as a weapon against evil and against our enemy, which is, of course, Satan. Our enemy is not our boss. Our enemy is not our spouse that we had a fight with. Our enemy is not this decision that the superintendent made about the school year for our children. Our enemy is always, at the end of the day, Satan. And I know you know that, but it's really helpful sometimes to just have somebody with skin on remind you that's not your enemy. It feels like it, but they're not actually your enemy. Use prayer as the weapon that it's intended to be against that enemy. So what role have you been given in the kingdom? I just named a few. Parenting, you know, as an employee, you've got a role in the kingdom. You have a role in the kingdom. Earlier I mentioned small group type settings. You have a role there. If you're in a small group, you have a role there. Seek the Lord for what it is exactly. You might not be leading the group, but you have a role. People there will be influenced by you one way or another. What's the way going to be? What's your influence going to be? I can say with certainty that your role that you've been given in the kingdom, I can say with certainty, it will involve prayer. It ought to involve prayer. If you're not talking to the Lord and listening, having a conversation, how are you going to know up from down about what your kingdom role is? It's not like it's not like he, he sends us an email and one time, one sentence says, this is your role in my kingdom, and then we never communicate with him again. No, prayer is absolutely, certainly a part 
of your role in the kingdom. So if you're not even sure how to make an impact, will you start there to start with prayer, like pray and then pray some more and pray some more. You're going to find out more about what your role is if you start there, but never, even as you hear more from the Lord about what he might have you to do in his kingdom, never stop praying, never stop praying. It's, it's so, we need it. If we're not praying for each other, uh, we're, we're, we're in the hurt locker. That's for sure. Okay. Day 202 or no day 190. I'm going to look at day 190. This is, um, from the book of Daniel. So still kind of in the middle of the Bible and it's from Daniel chapter three. The verse I'm going to reference is verse 25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a God. Some versions say looks like the son of God. So you guys know this story from the Bible, this true story from the Bible. Um, You have some young men who had been taken from Egypt and had been placed in uh, kind of an intense training camp to be the wise men in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, so they lived in exile and they were not with their families. And they're surrounded by people who just out of fear or, or whatever, legitimately worshiping Nebuchadnezzar statue of himself or just out of fear bowing down and worshiping. They're in the society where they're, they're the odd ducks. They're the odd men out for sure. So it's time for everybody to bow down when the music starts playing. And these three guys are standing up when everybody else is bowing down. So Nebuchadnezzar heats up the fire seven times hotter, um, throw them in and fully clothed. And then, uh, even the guards that threw them in, they were burned alive. That's how hot it was, how much it just, um, I don't even really know what that looks like. That's amazing to me. And then, of course, they're walking around in the fire with unburned clothes, um, no soot or smoke smell on them with someone else who looks like the son of God. Yeah, Jesus walking around in the fire with them. Uh, this is this is a common story that you probably learned when you were a little kid uh, with a felt board and all that jazz if you grew up in the church. But Um, Think about, just think about these men though. They were young men. They weren't old men. They were living as captives in a foreign land. And I'm reading now from Susie's book, but still more privileged than most because they had lived and served in the palace. They'd survived and they worked in the palace. That's, that's more blessed than a lot of people were. They had much to lose. Think about that. They had a lot to lose. This was a test to the death. Though they had honored the king as leader and they'd served him with nothing but excellence and integrity. Listen, whoever your boss is, you serve that boss with excellence and integrity. I promise you God sees it all. Uh, They couldn't and they wouldn't give this king the ultimate allegiance above God himself. They couldn't do that. They weren't going to do it. They felt no need to defend themselves because they trusted God to deliver them. And even if God didn't, he was still the God of the universe. Amen. Amen. We need to get back to that heart place as Christians in the body of Christ today, even if he doesn't deliver us in the way that we want to be delivered, even if no deliverance comes, he's still on the throne. He's still God of the universe. The soldiers who tossed him into the furnace died from the heat, but God joined his sons in the fire. He joined them. These are his, these are his, these are his beloved followers. And he joined them in the fire. They prevailed unbound and unharmed. With that image in mind, hold fast to your convictions. Trust God to deliver you. You will come through the fire without smelling like smoke. And then she has a little note at the bottom that says, If you've compromised your convictions or kept your faith hidden, may you stand 
a little stronger today and trust God. Okay, so the trust God thing is kind of the point I want to get at with this devotion. Trust God to deliver you. You're you're somewhere right now where you need to be delivered. I don't care if it's like COVID weight, the COVID pounds, and you need him to deliver you from five pounds. Trust God to deliver you. It could be something way bigger than that. Listen, listen, with with a focus on God's promises on the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, that implies a high degree of trust in God. Does it not? If you're focusing on God's promises, believing them, really living them out and appropriating them, that kind of denotes by default a sense of trust in God, a high degree of trust in God to guide us daily, to hear our prayers, to protect us, to grow us up and make us more and more like Jesus every day to fulfill his promises. We've got to be trusting God for all these things, all of them. Unbelief really does get in the way of a healthy life as a Christ follower. I'm going to say that again. Zone in here if you are checking out. Uh, If you're scrolling your phone, hold up there for a second. Unbelief really does get in the way of a healthy life as a Christ follower. If you don't want to be healthy, keep walking in more and more unbelief. If you want to be healthy, kill off unbelief. Unbelief is the opposite of trust. Uh, Yeah, sure. The opposite of, of unbelief would be belief. But if you don't believe God, then I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say you don't trust God. How could you trust God? If you don't totally believe God, not believing in God, but believing God, not believing in God, but believing God, not just saying, do you believe in God? Yeah, a lot of people believe in God. Do you believe God? As in what he said is the absolute truth and it's going to come to pass. I believe you. Now, I believe in you. I believe you. I believe you from me right here and right now. I trust you with the promise you gave me for this circumstance right now. It's not the same thing. Believing in God and believing God are two different things. So where are you at today? Like, where do you fall on that scale? Um, You know, I guess my challenge for you right now would be to trust God to deliver you from your trial, your own personal fiery furnace, whatever it is. It's, it's like, look, it's like they stood for the Lord. They literally were standing up when everybody else was bowing down. They refused to bow down and bend the knee before this idle, right? And if you stand up for God, I'm not bending the knee on this thing. I'm just not going to do it. And then the Lord stood with them in the fire. You stand up for him and then see how he's going to come and stand with you, beside you, alongside you, protecting you, bringing you through, not even smelling like smoke. If you will, um, let's see, I don't even want to, I don't look, I feel like I got my preachy pants on. If you will, will grab that area where you have a need right now, just grab it and stand for the Lord, right? What? Where's Where's the place that you know you need to stand for the Lord? Can you connect that and intersect it with your with your greatest fiery furnace point of need right now? The two might be more closely linked than you've thought about, but if you just give it some time, sit with the Lord, pray about this, and say, Holy Spirit, can you just show me if there's a connection between this area where I have such need that feels like a fiery furnace and an area where I need to stand for you, where I'm kind of hoping that 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 it'll just pass by and go away and I won't have to stand for you. If you got an area where you need to stand, stand. Listen, I'm telling you, there are um, people that I've known a long time, a long time that I've seen 
kind of on their social media. It's like some people have different social medias. Like I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to, I live in Kansas. And so I'm just going to say something that is going to rock the boat for a lot of people. I live in Kansas. I don't live in Missouri. Okay. So I don't actually have like, I have to be loyal to an NFL team or anything because I live in Kansas. I don't live in Missouri. People get really annoyed when you say I don't I'm not automatically super huge Chiefs fan because, well, you have to live in Kansas. Well, they're a Missouri team technically, and that's the silliest argument ever. So if I get hate mail, whatever, fine. But like people have duplicitous lives, and I see this a lot. People will have one version of themselves on Facebook, and they'll have another version of themselves on Instagram, a different version of themselves on TikTok. You know, you get what I'm saying? Twitter might be a whole nother thing. This is not uncommon. Um, look, are you not standing for the Lord in one of those areas? And here's the part where I'm probably going to get hate mail. If y'all don't know this, uh, Patrick Mahomes plays real nice on his Facebook. Patrick Mahomes is a little more real on his Instagram. If you think he's all totally Jesus-y based on his Facebook, which appeals to a certain demographic, um, he's a little more raw and a little less prettied up on his Instagram. And there's just some stuff going on there that's like, uh, you either need to maybe go get some things right with the Lord, or do you, I mean, where are you at with the Lord for real? Like, and I'm kind of picking on him because you can't lay out that, that platform saying I'm a believer. And this is the, the mom and me, and this is the person who worked in youth ministry for 12 years and investing in young people. You can't go out there and say, let me be the role model, a Christian role model to these young people. And then the place where they're seeing you is like, you're kind of living filthy. You're kind of living filthy, you know, please don't do that. Don't do that. Just don't, I describe it like this is don't be pretending you're, you know, uh, I don't know. I can't even think of anybody. Don't be pretending you're maybe um, this guy, but really you're over here living like Gronk. Okay. Like if you're living like Gronk, don't pretend that you're a good Christian. Just get your heart right with Jesus. It's so important when you have that platform to not mislead people. So, um, uh, yeah, that's my soapbox. So go ahead, send me a message. Tell me, you hate her. You how can you live in Kansas and not like Patrick Mahomes? I can't say I do or don't like him. I don't know the guy. I just know people really look up to him as young people. And people in our particular church really are all, oh, he's so great. He's so encouraging. He's so inspiring. He's just a nice guy. He loves the Lord. He's a great example. Check out his Instagram and you go, oh man, I don't want people's bubble to get burst. And I really don't want and to think, think, oh, that's what it means to be a Christian. You just do whatever you want to do, you know, or worse yet for young people to think that's their role model. And then to think that being a Christian means compromise with the world on the regular. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not meant to. We're called to such a high calling. It's dangerous for us to even let one little ounce of that in. We have to reject it and say, Nope, I can't just make excuses for sin. I can't just leave the door wide open and I can't let my role models for my children or myself be someone who is not really willing to give it all to Jesus. So, okay, so if you're a Chiefs fan, a Mahomes fan, okay, there it is, whatever. Um, Now you know where I stand on. It's a word of God. It's a sin issue. It's a heart issue. That's the bottom line. It's a heart issue. So um, everybody has these little things where one area can be different than another. It breaks my heart more than anything when I see somebody that I've known for a long time just kind of going rogue. And I think, oh my goodness, Jesus loves you so much. The Lord has so much for you. Don't give up on that. 
don't give up on, don't trade it in for this nonsense of the world, whether it's materialism or, you know, I mean, oh man, these, these highlight reels that where you just pretty everything up on Instagram and it's all about me, myself, and I, and I never get off the me, me, me train. If you're on it, get off of it and get on the Jesus train because God has a role for you. He has a place for you. If you want to know Maybe. Why? Ask him, is there an intersection between this thing where I feel like I'm in a fiery furnace and I'm not getting delivered? Does it intersect at all with this area where I will not stand up for you, where I won't stand up for you? If you are on Instagram and you only post stories that only stay for 24 hours because you don't want nobody to see nothing or know anything about your life, I don't know what you're hiding. But as Christians, that is literally taking this little light of mine and hiding it under a bushel when you literally will never share Jesus with anybody. If you try to play it so safe that social media is a way for you to check out and spy on what other people are doing, but you're not willing to ever let anybody know that you're a Christian, if you're proud of the fact that people never would have guessed that you're a Christian until by some happenstance it came up, stop being proud of that. That right there is where you need to do a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you need to stand up. Stand up. The days are getting closer to when Jesus is returning. The days are getting closer to the end of your life and my life. Stand up, stand up, stand up. That's kind of my rallying cry to you. And if I'm a little bit intense, um, I'm not playing around on this one. And I'm not going to start playing around on it. If I stepped on your toes, um, get some steel-toed boots or quit listening. I don't know how else to say it. Like this is, this is really important. If Jesus went to the cross for you, endured the beating and the sin of the world for you because he loved you. Can't you stand up for him and let people know instead of let people know that, that Jesus is your Lord and Savior instead of just hide your light under a bushel, right? For real, seriously. And can't you post something a little more permanent than something that just stays for 24 hours? I don't know what you're hedging your bets on, but I got my bets uh, if I were a gambling person, I'd bet everything on Jesus and nothing on anything else. So if you're trying to trying to make people think you're appealing because you have some thing with some label on it and you're going to show that on your on your reels, just stop. Yeah. OK. Anyway, I'm really getting fired up. I just it's hard for me to invest in people for decades and then see just the heartbreak that comes when they're like, yeah, you know, I think I'm just basically going to backpedal on this Jesus thing. Man, I just, you might want to really ponder that and say, am I sure I'm in the kingdom? Hard questions, hard questions today, but we're living in hard days. So, okay, the last one I'm going to look at is all the way back from the book of Joshua. So day 41, pretty early on in the Bible. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy for the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised from Joshua 23 verse 10. This is amazing. Each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. For the Lord your God fights for you, just as he has promised. That's a promise from God, and so that's why I'm going to wrap up this episode with this particular devotional. When we give God his rightful place in our lives, the enemy will be defeated. His evil schemes against us will eventually fall apart, and his attempts to derail our destiny will end up working in our favor. Is that not amazing? That's amazing. There's a big promise there. Whenever they were out of step with God, the Israelites got into trouble and were soundly defeated by their enemies. Sounds a little bit like what I was talking about, about not hiding your light. Whenever they griped and grumbled, lived entitled, disobeyed God's direct commands, and underestimated their enemy, 
they fell flat on their faces. However, man, however is a beautiful word. However, when they walked in the fear of the Lord and trusted him wholeheartedly, they saw the miraculous unfold before their very eyes. Oh, that we could learn from their mistakes. Guys, how many times have I said, if you learn from your mistakes, that's fine. But if you learn from my mistakes, that's wisdom. It's, it's good. If you learn from your mistakes, good. That's good. That's good. You should learn from your mistakes. But before you hit that mistake, if you learn from my mistake, that's wisdom. Choose wisdom whenever you can. Choose wisdom whenever you can. Oh, that we could learn from their mistakes. He's the same God today. He deserves our reverence. He deserves it. Our trust. Trust. That's kind of a theme for this podcast episode. And our swift obedience. And he will intervene in ways we never dreamed as we take our stand and watch what he will do. On your own, you're no match for the enemy of yours. You're not. You're not. Neither am I. But with God. But with God. Through your obedience and your faith-filled prayers, you can change the world. Her little note at the bottom says, Dream a little for a moment. If you could live if you could live a miraculous life, what would that look like for you? Okay, so this is my final challenge, I guess, for you today. Final challenge. I issued a couple of other ones, but dream a little. Dream a little bit. For real, what would that look like for you? Like, um, I kind of just want to say I'm giving you permission to dream. Talk to the Lord. Like, how does the thought of God-sized blessing in your life, what does that do for you? Does that, how does the thought of that put a spring in your step? What does it change for you? How does your outlook change? Think about that. God-sized blessings. Are you brave enough to pray a prayer like this? Lord, change the world through me. Jesus, change the world through me. Are you brave enough to pray that? If you are, awesome. If you're not, ask yourself, why not? Seriously, why not? Why not? Why not you? Why not you? He is willing to see the world changed. Always, always he wants to see world change. And he's willing for some of that change to come through you. Are you willing to ask him for that? Dream a bit with God. What would it look like to just have, man, just the cap off of those things that had been oppressing you? Take the cap off and just let it uh, bubble up like, you know, you shake up a bottle of of soda and you open it. We have a vintage pop machine that we have in our garage that is really fun. When our kids were younger, the neighborhood kids would come over and, you know, of course we have a ton of quarters and say, okay, put the quarter in there. Now what do I do? Open the little door. Now what do I do? Pick the kind of soda you want. Now what do I do? Pull it. Oh, you didn't tug it fast enough. You got to start over again with a new quarter. It locked back up. They get the soda out. You know, we go, my husband would go all over and find the best kinds of locally made sodas and things. And they're in the glass jar, which I mean, it just tastes better. Real sugar, glass bottle, you know, you know what I'm saying? That tastes better than the eh, corn syrup in a plastic, you know, container or a 32 ounce from, from your local mini mart. Okay. So then they finally get out and they figure, how do I get the lid off? You pop it into here. Oh my goodness. Never seen anything like that before. And if they open it too quickly or if they jerk on the same soda two, three times to get it out and it's um, a little bit shaken up, pop the top off that thing and soda goes everywhere. What would it look like if that were your life? Take the top off and see what God wants to do. Dream with him. You are never going to know how to dream with God if you never just start dreaming with God. I mean, talk to him in prayer. Talk to him. If you trust him, if you believe him. Talk to him. Communicate. Okay, so you can buy this book, Prevail, this devotional, um, on Amazon or at suzylarson.com, and I can probably put those 
in the show notes. And um, I kind of was just super bossy today, but I'm not really sorry. I hope somebody heard something that lit a fire under them. Listen, Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. God's promises are true for you, but man, don't go into life uh, trying to be, don't do it half-baked. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody, if you serve somebody a dessert and it's like half-baked and just disgusting, that's, what is that? Ew. Don't live your life half-baked. You just go all in with Jesus. His promises are for you. Stand up for him, whatever that place is. Stand up for him. Hey, share this. If you feel so inclined, um, follow me, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Uh, that would be great. You could leave me a review. That helps to when you leave a review, especially on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Sorry, there's no iTunes anymore. Apple Podcasts. It bumps you up in the ratings so that more people see your podcast. And um, I don't know how to leave reviews on Alexa flash briefing, but I know a lot of people have mentioned they found my podcast there. So if you have, thank you so much. And I'm going to be working on getting it on iHeartRadio, which um, I've heard actually is kind of a good platform for podcasts right now. Thank you for uh, joining me. Do share this. Look for the book. Pick up a copy if you want. Um, earlier this month, I referred to it as the book of the year because it has so much in it that's challenging right at our point of needs right now for 2020. Uh, and it was written in advance. It's like God helps you to write around a corner when you're an author like this. He he puts it on your heart, and then the release time is when it's actually needed. We've seen that over and over again with books during uh, the coronavirus and just all of 2020's craziness. So it's a good book. But if you do order it, don't think that you have to wait until January 1st to start reading it. Just start now. You won't be sorry. Just start with day one of the devotions and and uh, and dig in and expect God to speak to you through it because he will. Okay, 40 minutes. That's a long podcast episode. So I'm going to go ahead and step out and say goodbye. Lord, bless you. Be encouraged today. Dream with the Lord and see what crazy, amazing things he has in store for you. If you're his watchman and you have a kingdom assignment, which you do, and a kingdom role, which you do, man, you expect him to move in and through your life. He'll do it. He'll do it. All right. I will see you next time. Lord bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.